0: Welcome to Room 4216. I'm so glad you've come.
1: The Gospel of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Verse 14 The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. From the first letter of John. That
0: which was from the beginning, which we have heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father, and with
1: his Son, Jesus Christ. Humanly speaking, probably the one who knew Jesus the most intimately and the best was John the Apostle. And so we read from John the Gospel, as well as from his reading. Uh, First Epistle, Today we look at the Apostle John.
0: We're preparing for the podcast i learned something interesting yeah what was that many people believe that john was the closest disciple to jesus mm-hmm. that's right now i don't get that you'd think that it would have been peter
1: <laughs> uh, peter was the most bold and brash and he spoke up but actually john we see him next to jesus a lot here's some examples okay um, at the at the Last Supper, when they were there, and we usually think of the of of sitting around a dining room table and people sitting in chairs. Well, yes. it really wasn't that way. It's a nice low table, and people would lay. and The King James even says reclined at table, their heads by the table, leaning like, on an elbow. Their fished. heads by the table. Yeah, yeah, heads by the table, and their feet away. Wow. And, yeah, and that's why someone could anoint the feet of Jesus and not disturb all that was going on. You said to me earlier that the
0: table was even lower than a coffee table.
1: Yeah, about six inches tall. Wow, real low, real low. And the seating arrangement was pretty clear from the uh, from a couple sections of the Bible. Right to Jesus's left was John, and next to him was Peter, because Peter leaned over to John and whispered, "Hey." What asked Jesus? What did he mean when he said someone would betray him? So Jesus, uh, John, just kind of leaned over to Jesus, and it actually says in one translation that he put his head on his his chest. Well, think about it: if you're if you're on your elbows and you just kind of roll back to your side, you almost are at somebody's chest. And he says, "What you mean, Jesus?" And then Jesus said, "The person I dip the bread into the bowl and give it to." He is the one. And he then did that and handed it to Judas, who was on his other side. Mm. Really handy and quick and easy. And so that conversation was really just between John and and Judas Iscariot. And And Jesus. Mm -hmm, And Jesus, yeah. But we can go on from there. We see John many places very close to Jesus. Uh, He took all of the disciples off to um the garden to pray but who did he take even further to pray peter james and john yeah and then when uh jesus came back found him sleeping they uh judas came and with the mob and they arrested jesus do you remember what it said though when they carried jesus away
0: uh that uh peter and john followed at
1: a distance yes now peter got in trouble because he was up from galilee and he looked so different John didn't get in trouble, and, and, and we're making an inference here. He was probably the, the one among the fishermen who delivered the fish to the high priest's um, 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 kitchen. And so they recognized him. Oh, he's the fisherman. And so he got in very easily, very closely. Hmm. And then when Jesus was crucified, who was at the cross? At the foot of the cross. John was. The, John. The other disciples ran away. The only male that was there. Do you remember who else was there? A couple of women. Mary, the mother of Jesus. Right.
0: Mary, the wife of Cleopas. Hmm. Um, and Salome, the, the mother of James and John, right. who was also Mary's sister, uh, Mary,
1: the mother of Jesus' sister. Right. Right. And so John was there because he was seeing his closest friend die. But even more than that, his closest friend from the cross looked down and said to John, behold your mother, and looked to his mother and said, behold your son. He gave his mother's care because Jesus was the oldest son, Mm -hmm. gave that care to John, who's actually a nephew, not a son.
0: If Jesus, okay, Jesus was the oldest son, I get that. Mm -hmm. Jesus also had brothers, Mm -hmm. from what we understand, uh, and from what the Bible tells us. Why not give his mother's care to one of his brothers? That only makes sense.
1: Uh, It does, except we also know that the brothers uh, had great difficulty with Jesus. Not just Sybil sibling rivalry but then also came the the actual fundamental beliefs of faith and so they were angry at Jesus and and tradition says that Jesus went after his brother Jude and talked with him after the resurrection and that's Mm. when he became a believer and so no one was there except for John but all the other brothers were were angry at Jesus and where was the mother but with Jesus And so they were angry with mom, too. Mm. So the only one, I don't hate to say it, but available, was John. Well, John, it said, wasn't married. And that's another reason. Many of the others probably were married and had families. John, not being married, was able to more care for her. And we actually learn from tradition uh, that... As it says in the gospel from that moment, she came to live with him and wherever John went, she went. And so, well, there's a little bit of confusion here uh, among uh, the writers of, 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 of a tradition that uh, whether Mary died in Jerusalem or went with John later in life in 66 AD with John when he went to Ephesus. Either way, Mary was with John, now called her son.
0: Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead.
1: The Easter message. I am so glad John recorded this. Mm -hmm. The first-hand experience of finding the tomb empty. And yes. what am I supposed to ask now exactly? Well, you're always full of questions. I figured you asked something like, well, why didn't John enter the tomb? And well, was he faster? And well, what does it mean by he believed? But yet then the next verse says they didn't understand. Good questions,
0: Pastor Dave. Oh. So, Pastor Dave, mm-hmm. why didn't John go into the tomb rather than just stand there looking?
1: I think this is a perfect example of the difference between Peter and John. Peter, bold, brash, I'm going to see what's going on here. And he just bowls right in. John looked. It says he even saw everything. He's the thoughtful one. Well, it's not exactly common for people to walk into
0: tombs, is it?
1: Well, at that point it's empty and they're looking for Jesus. He saw the, the, the wrappings and he was thinking, what does this mean? And I did a You're Not Alone podcast on this about the folded-up napkin. It is in in uh, tra- Middle East tradition that uh, the servants wait out of sight until their master folds up their napkin and puts it on the table, folded. Hmm. John saw the folded-up headcloth. That would have been significant for him. That was separate, folded up, which meant he's done with this. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um The other question was, why does it say he believed, but he didn't understand? I was just going to ask that. I I think that John was like, whoa, he's alive. This dude is, he's going to conquer the world. Death can't even hold him down. But he didn't understand what the conquering of the world would be is for, uh, against the devil and sin. I think John was still thinking the Romans at that time. Mm-hmm. And it took him a little longer to understand. Oh, hey, how about this? How about go to the next, um, in the same chapter, verses 30 and following. Okay. This is what he finally learned from all of this. And it explains this understanding that he finally obtained.
0: Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have life in his name.
1: So the believing, I think at the first, was he's alive, but he wasn't sure what it meant. Here he's saying what it means to believe that Jesus is alive means you will have life, life everlasting with him in heaven. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven.
0: Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive,
1: he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven. Heaven's gates are open wide. He's alive, he's alive, he's alive and I'm forgiven, heaven's gates are open. could say a whole lot more about John, I suppose, that he was educated as a Jew, and he was a fisherman, and and uh, lived to be 97 years old. But you know, what really is intriguing is more after his life are the things written about him and some of the stories past the gospel reading that come down to us in tradition. <laughs>
0: John stayed in Jerusalem until sometime in the 60s AD, after which he went to Rome and was reunited with his good friend Peter. Tertullian and Jerome say that life wasn't always good for John. When Nero started persecuting the Christians, it's said that John was thrown into a cauldron of hot oil. Ugh. Yeah. And yet, somehow he managed to escape. Unhurt. John was Imprisoned and tortured, and again, somehow, with God's help, he managed to escape and went to Ephesus, where he continued the work
1: that the Apostle Paul had started. Ephesus was a town on the Aegean Sea. It was home to 250,000 people. It also was home to some significant sites. It had a huge gymnasium a stadium, a wonderful library, as well as a theater that could hold 24,000 people. But probably most notably, it was the home of the temple of Artemis. Artemis, the goddess of the arrows, the forest, the hills, the hunt. This temple being one of the seven wonders of the world. Polycarp, one of John's students, Relates to Irenaeus how one day they went to the public bath to take a bath. By the way, back then they didn't have private baths like we have today, and so to take a bath or a shower they had to go to the public bathhouse. After diving into the water, they then noticed not long after, in came Cerinthus. He was a, a preacher but who denied the deity of Jesus and who also advocated self-indulgence and sensual pleasures. When John saw him, he leaped out of the water and raced to the door and shouted to his companions, Let's get out of here before the place falls in now that Serinthus, the enemy of truth, is inside. I really like the picture this next story
0: creates. A fifth century writer, Cassian, writes how someone found John playing with a partridge one day, and they were surprised that such an august and eminent imminent person could be playing with a bird. But John said, Don't take offense at this brief and silent relaxation of mine. If I didn't get the opportunity to relax like this once in a while, I would collapse from overwork and not be able to fulfill my duties. The writer Clement shows us another example of John's character. While in Smyrna, John asked the newly appointed bishop to oversee the spiritual training of a new convert. After the boy was baptized, the bishop lost track of him for a while. When John returned to Smyrna, he asked about the new convert, and the bishop said, Well, uh, he's dead. Uh, John said, What do you mean? And the bishop had to confess to him that now this boy was the leader of a band of thugs whose crimes were rather notorious for being violent and bloodthirsty. John tore his clothes, which was the sign of mourning and. Old days. Then he proceeded to let the bishop have it with a good piece of his mind for being so careless as to lose track of a convert. Even though John was 95 years old, he called for a horse and galloped off to the back country where the bandits were supposed to be hiding out. But suddenly he found himself surrounded and he said, I'm not trying to escape. I ask for no mercy. This is what I've come for. Take me to your leader. When the bandit chief saw him, he turned and ran. John called out, Why are you running from me, my boy? Why are you running from your father, who is unarmed and very old? Be sorry for me, not afraid of me, my child. You have hopes of life. I will account to Christ for you. If need be, I will gladly suffer your death as the Lord suffered death for us. Stop! Believe! Christ sent me! With his eyes downcast, the boy turned and came back to John. John took him in his arms and kissed him on the right hand, the same hand that had wielded the sword. John then brought him back to Smyrna and to the faith.
1: Eusebius, Irenaeus, and Clement of Alexander all record that John lived into the reign of Trajan, the Roman emperor, which started in A.D. 98. Even at the very end of his life, it's recorded by Jerome, that he insisted that his disciples carry him in on their arms to the front of the church. Often he would only say, little children love one another. One disciple asked, why do you insist on all this to say so little? John's answer, if this alone is done, it is enough. The Apostle John lived a long life and lived it all in the service of Jesus.
0: He not only lived it, he walked it, he spoke it. A man of love. But he wasn't always a man of love. Indeed. His early life was all about being right and wrong. There was no middle ground. When there was a village that did not receive Jesus and the disciples, John asked Jesus to call down thunder on them. When John found a man who was casting out demons in the name of Jesus, John tried to stop him, tried to get Jesus to stop him.
1: John also in his early life was about pride and prestige and power. For somehow he and James put his mom up to going to Jesus and saying, hey, hey, ask him for the place on his right and left when he comes in his kingdom thinking the overthrowing of the Romans and the Israel kingdom. Now, as with all people, you and me too, Cecilia, we have to learn to set up aside uh, our sins of right, being right, of power, of acknowledgement, and in its place, let Jesus live, who forgives us, who loves us, and who then wants to love through us. Even as John said, my little children, love one another. If this alone is it, it is enough. And so it is the challenge of John's life for you and me that we live that simple little phrase, love one another. If you want to write to us, to tell
0: us how you can love one another. Please do so. You can write to us at info, I-N-F-O at not dash alone.net. And as we remind one another every week, as we love one another and share with one another,
1: we, we are, are not, not alone. alone.
0: Do come back again to room 4216. Credits. Oh, come all ye faithful. Casting Crowns. Peace on Earth, 2008. He's Alive. Don Francisco. He's Alive. The Don Francisco Collection, 1998. Interlude Musician, Robert Vaughn. And now, a few...
1: Goffs. Segment B. Pastor... uh, You threw me off. I'm Dave. Pastor Dave.
0: Yeah, really?
1: And you're Cecilia? Cecilia? Yes.
0: Credits. Oh, come all ye faithful. Casting you guys thanks a lot credits oh come all ye faithful casting crowns peace on earth 2008 Uh, i forgot what the next one was oh well